The Secret South is the Winnipeg Jets are pretty good. Everyone is taking notice from the Colorado Avalanche to Pete Blackburn. And what better way to really show off just how good you are than smacking up the Detroit Red Wings 5-2? to two. We'll talk about all of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're Locked On the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evening Jets fans and welcome to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Every uh, Make every moment more and visit FanDuel right now because new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash logged on right now to get started. Now, like I said at the top of the episode, Jets are cooking with gas, and after a big 5-2 victory over the Detroit Red Wings, Winnipeg is, uh, well, they're getting recognized, right? A lot of folks have kind of been, I would say, sleeping on the Jets this year, uh, and and obviously, like, look, Winnipeg isn't the sexiest name in the, in the NHL. People haven't always talked about Winnipeg as um, a, a team to watch, right? But I'm telling you, the Jets are starting to really turn heads, and it's funny because Colorado's head coach, Jared Bednar, was talking about Winnipeg recently, and I, I actually missed these comments the first time. Uh, I heard it in one of the intermissions. They called Winnipeg a measuring stick. To hear that from a team that just won the Stanley Cup recently and is one of the top teams currently now chasing the Jets in the Central Division is extremely high praise. But I would say the recent resurgence from Winnipeg, uh, not only you know from the start of the season, but really the last few games, has in part been driven by what I can only call maybe the best first line the Jets have ever assembled. Uh, this unit with Ehlers, Shifley, and Velarde has been absolutely ridiculous. Uh, you could almost call them untouchable. Even when that line has had maybe a slower game like they did against Montreal, and this is all relative, right? Slower in their terms, uh, they still managed to score. Winnipeg's top line since these guys have been uh, together, Dmitry Filipovich actually pulled it up. And, you know, since uh, Velarde moved up to this line, holy crap. I mean, Velarde himself has had five goals, uh, five assists. He's been leading the way in shot attempts with like 10 high danger chances. And like this trio has just been unbelievable. Uh, they, the Jets have outscored opponents like nine to two. And, I mean, you just <laughs> – what do you even say about this trio, right? In five games, this line has been absolutely cooking. And it's not like it's just one player who's been doing all of the damage. Each game, you get different participants, whether it's Ehlers with his great passing and his nose for the net. Velarde sitting there on the doorstep waiting for tap-ins. Shifley making great passing lanes and just generally carving up the central slot area when he drives in. All three of these guys together have seemingly found – another gear to their game. And that's saying a lot because all three of them individually are supremely skilled. 
like Shifley and Ehlers, we already knew were amazing. I have kind of maintained that for me, you know, since day one, I've sort of felt uh, with the Dubois-Villardi trade that Winnipeg might have gotten the best player. He just needed time to really show it. I've always been a big Villardi believer, but I think the biggest problem with him was that he just had some really, really, really bad injury luck, right? And his, uh, I think it was uh, Windsor that he used to play for. Um, and obviously, you know, Villardi had some really bad injury luck, and it almost looked like he might not make the pros. And thankfully, you know, he has seemingly uh, really turned it around. And now that he is finally staying healthy, you know, his career has really taken flight. I know that he had a reasonable performance with uh, the Kings over the past couple of years. And last year, we started really seeing um, the version of Velarde that I think a lot of folks thought he could be. But I still felt like there was more to his game and that he could hit another level, especially on a Jets team that has this much talent. And Velarde, I don't know, man, he is one of the smartest players on this team. It just seems like he knows where he has to be at all times. And because he's so strong on the puck and he's got great balance, he's kind of become the player that Dubois was supposed to be. He's, you know, not afraid to drive towards the net. He's got great hand-eye coordination. He wins battles along the wall. He is extremely hard to dispossess. He basically does everything that I thought Dubois was going to do. But, you know, Velarde's even younger and apparently is just shredding at a tune that not even Dubois can touch right now. He's already caught PLD in points, and uh, <laughs> Velarde has played, you know, what, like 18 or something games less than Dubois has? It's crazy. I mean, the, the performance that we're seeing out of Gabriel is, I mean, one of the best starts to a career for a brand-new Jet that we've ever seen. Like, no one has ever really hit this sort of, of level of point scoring. Um, it's, it's just crazy to imagine that Velarde was – essentially considered unwanted, right? And look, I know that Dubois was seen as like the second line center that the Kings have long, long needed. But I'm telling you, man, when you think about the fact that the Jets got Velarde and then they got Kupari, Ayafalo, and a good second rounder from Montreal out of this deal, like it, you can't even call this a trade. It was just a heist. Winnipeg stole uh, one of the biggest trade packages in Jets history right out from the Kings and I think L.A. is going to really regret this deal long term. Uh, not to say that, you know, this trade um, at the time looked as bad as it was now. But I would tell you, I thought that there were warning signs in, you know, uh, I, I guess the, the start of this. Right. With Dubois kind of up and down performance and the fact that Velarde to me was sort of a budding star who was really starting to hit a stride. I just felt like it was only a matter of time before Velarde really took off. And oh my goodness, has he taken off with the Jets. This line is so good that I, I'm telling you, you cannot break them up once Connor comes back. And I think that actually serves the Jets even more, right? And I know people will say, well, why would you do that? Put KFC back up there. But I'm telling you, right? If that line is dominating opponents, right? They're owning like 60% shot share and expected goal share. And they're not only doing that on paper, but they're also lighting goalies up. They're outscoring opponents 9-2. to two. Don't break them up. Connor is a phenomenal scorer, but this lineup could actually use more balance. Traditionally, when you've had like Ehlers, Shifley, and Connor, or Connor, Shifley, and Velarde, right? You're condensing a lot of your elite finishing talent on one line, which is which is not the worst, but it could help if you move Connor to like the second line. Suddenly you have two kind of first lines that you can work with. Um, 
the second line center question, I think, is something that at some point the Jets may want to revisit. But so far, right, if you have like Connor, Nemesnikov, and, and say Perfetti or something, that trio is going to cook too, man. There's so many ways that these lines can be arranged. And, you know, with a trade or two, this Jets team could honestly be, you know, as good as that 17-18 team that we all thought was going to win the Cup. The vibes are there. The team is almost there. And I think this game against the Red Wings that we're about to talk about in a moment really showcases just how far this team continues to push and why, honestly, the longer this goes on, the more we start talking about this team as a real cup contender. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. But before we go any further, I did want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Ehlers could score 50 goals. The Winnipeg Jets could hoist the Stanley Cup, and let me tell you, that's not sounding all that crazy. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy Sports app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy Sports, and especially hockey, because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. For those of you who are stats nerds and love digging into player results, maybe you've tracked your favorite stars like McDavid, Shifley, uh, Hellebuck or, or Nemesnikov, uh, or of course, you know, McKinnon, a lot of the other guys, whichever players you love to track, maybe even Kel McCarr for a little bit of fun, you know, sleepers got projections and all you have to do is beat, <clears throat> uh, beat their projections, whether it's more or less in different stats categories like goals, assists, saves, and so much more. If you do that eight times, you will actually get a hundred times your cash. That's right. Eight correctly picked stats categories, and you can win 100 times your cash with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your pick so you can start winning big. Use promo code LOCKDOWNNHL, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code LOCKDOWNNHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, thank you so much for rejoining us in tonight's episode as we talk about uh, what has been a pretty good run from the Winnipeg Jets, but, you know, suddenly they're really starting to rip up opponents, and guess what? You know, they just tore up another one against the Detroit Red Wings, and look, you might say that beating up on the Red Wings isn't exactly something to be all that impressed with, and I, I get it, right? The Wings haven't been good lately, and uh, you know, beating up on soft opponents has been something that the Jets have generally done a good job of this year. By the same token, though, I think the way that the Jets did this is actually very impressive. Winnipeg scored all, you know, all just even strength goals this time. Winnipeg didn't even get a single power play, if you can believe it. Not that I was expecting the power play to uh, actually do all that well, but you know. We did hear that uh, there were supposed to be structural changes and personnel changes, some of which were, you know, showcased before um, the game actually kicked off earlier from practices. I wouldn't say that the rearranged units looked all that impressive to me, especially considering what we've been watching uh, so far. But hey, maybe it would have done some damage against the wings. We'll never know, though, because power plays were almost uh, non-existent in this game. In fact, the only team that actually got power plays was Detroit. They got two of them late in the game, and uh, you could question some of the calls because, you know, Detroit got away with a lot of stuff, like, you know, multiple cross-checks to the back of players, and uh, in one case, one to the back of Ehlers' neck, which, okay, uh, I guess we're just going to pretend that wasn't a penalty, but otherwise, you know, the Jets took care of business. 
And Winnipeg was, you know, <clears throat> pretty much good from top to bottom. The top line really cooked. Uh, the second line, maybe not as, as strong as he would hope. The third line was decent, but the fourth line had a really good night. Uh, one that I think, you know, everyone's going to want to remember. I'll say that for the fourth line, I guess the guy who probably will get most of the plaudits is actually Jansen Fialbi. He had a great goal that was a beautiful bank pass in the neutral zone from Dylan Sandberg. Uh, Jansen Fialbi found himself streaking in alone, but it wasn't his only good involvement on the night. I thought he was generally very pest-like. I thought he made some good uh, zone entries, was generally very fast up and down the ice, and you know, finally got rewarded with a nice goal. And I think he also had an assist somewhere in that as well. So a really nice night for AJF. Uh, I believe David Gustafson was also credited with an assist. Obviously, Gus has been working really hard. And while the points don't always flow for him, he's one of the most industrious and creative players playing in the role that he's been given. Um, but, you know, I, I would say, um, you know, for this line, right, the main thing is you kill off the opponents, you tire them out, you wear them down, and sometimes after a cycle, you get maybe a nice goal or something. Uh, one of them came from Neil Pionk, thanks to this hardworking shift. Morgan Barron, I think, was tied up with Ben Sherrod or something, or maybe it was Petrie, and then Pionk ended up scoring a nice goal off of that. At first, there was some debate as to whether it was Barron's goal, because he was parked right in front of the net, and the puck did deflect off of something, but it turns out it wasn't Barron. It looks like it was maybe one of the Red Wings, so uh, Baron did a lot of the hard work. Pionk got a nice goal for himself. His first, and I believe they said 19 games, it's been a while, so obviously a big moment for him. Uh, Gus and Jansen Fialbi got some assists. Just a nice reward for a very hard-working shift from a line that has been generally pretty darn good the past few games. The fourth line has, you know, pressured opponents. They've, you know, stormed through the neutral zone. They've created some offensive zone pressure. Just all the stuff that you want to see. So, a lot to like there. Happy for that unit. Great. Also of note, uh, like I said, the top line going beast mode. Ehlers, Velarde, and Shifley all scored. Something that we love. Uh, Velarde's goal came off of a beautiful assist from Perfetti. Um, and then, of course, Ehlers had a great goal himself. He, he was probably really pissed at himself because he missed a prime chance in the slot where he was coming down straight down the middle, completely untouched. And the pass came actually right through his skates. He tripped and fell uh, completely unpressured, and I'm sure he was just like beside himself with fury because if he had actually corralled that puck, it was probably a goal. What do you do instead then? Well, you get a beautiful behind-the-net perfect pass along the near post from Velarde, a beautiful, beautiful little feed, and Ehlers goes far post for a beautiful finish. I mean, just poetry in motion. This line, when it is cooking at the level that it can, is simply unstoppable. And it just shows to really hammer home the point of what this team could do with even a little bit more additional depth. You make a trade, you make that third line almost as good as your second line. Suddenly you have an elite, elite top nine. And with the Jets defense actually generally being okay, uh, maybe this season they can get away without completely restructuring it. We're already seeing um, Heinola back in a no contact or I believe in a no contact jersey. Uh, so obviously that is really good news. Kupari is also skating again. Both of those guys were due to be uh, back in the lineup at some point over the next few weeks. Kupari might make it sometime before the end of the year. We'll see. His timeline was supposed to be around New Year's, but maybe he comes back a little bit sooner. We'll see. 
just uh, you don't need to rush it. The team's doing well so far. And, of course, they have the Boston Bruins on Friday before they have like five days off and don't play again until after Christmas. So a lot to be excited about. But, you know, the Jets with this win have now moved back into the Central Division first place. Obviously, that is huge for the Jets. Winnipeg um, continues to really want to vie for top honors this year. And I really feel like the fact that they've been acknowledged by some of their opponents really says a lot about how good this team has gotten. The fact that the Avs are, are, are saying that, that the Jets are a measuring stick for their own performance, these are Stanley Cup champions over the last couple of years, mind you, is just like the highest compliment you could possibly receive. We'll talk about how the Jets continue to shape this race and what they can do to fully win it here in a, in a few months in just a little bit. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. For Ravens fans like me, obviously, the odds that the Ravens win a game is pretty uh, pretty decent, right? So I cast a $5 bet. I get $150 back. I can keep trying my luck and seeing if I can keep that winning streak going. For you Vikings fans, maybe you're a little bit more unsure of this team that's kind of been hovering around 500, but maybe this coming weekend is going to be what turns the season around. Cast your bet right now on the safest and easiest platform around. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season in style. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we are uh, sort of wrapping up with some quick thoughts of Winnipeg moving back into the first and in, in, in the central and kind of what's going to take to really hold that, right? This has been a really tight race this year. Uh, the standings are very competitive. And like I know that people will say the West isn't that great. And honestly, it is kind of true. Uh, there's not as much depth this year, especially with the Pacific Division having a particularly down season. But look, right, as of right now, um, the highest scoring teams are currently in the Pacific, and the bulk of the teams that are likely to vie for the uh, wild card spots are all in the Central. So you've got two very interesting divisions uh, or co um, conferences or divisions. Sorry, uh, you know you've got the Central, which is generally pretty decent up and down. You don't have too, too many awful, awful teams. You've got the Pacific who have the best teams, but also some of the worst sitting at the bottom. So for the Jets, obviously winning the central is, is really the prize this year. Um, they definitely want more than that. They want to win everything. They want a Stanley cup. And if the Jets want to do that, they probably still need maybe one to two trades, not because this team is, is really far from being best in the league, right? But with the Jets having the cap situation that they do and the ability to make an additional acquisition or two, uh, especially with most of these guys kind of expiring within the next two years, that puts a lot of emphasis on these next two seasons to really go for it. Uh, Velarde is going to need an extension in two years. Connor, I think, expires in three. Ehlers is, Ehlers is up in a couple of seasons. Uh, so 
you know, obviously getting Shifley and Hillebuck under contract, that was one of the biggest hurdles, but, you know, Perfetti will need a new deal as well. And so you can kind of start to see the Jets are going to be in a bit of a cap crunch here in a few years, which means that these next two seasons are really where you have one of the best windows ever. And that's why I really feel like this season, if the Jets want to really chase glory, then I would say start spending futures and bringing in some top talent. Because as it is right now, the Jets prospect pool is actually pretty well stocked. I would say the Jets have more strength, uh, like a position of strength to deal from the deal from than they've had in a while. And obviously you don't want to give up players like McGroarty or Lambert, stuff like that. But for the right acquisition, right? The right trade, you might start thinking about it. I wouldn't say that we're really there yet. I think Winnipeg can probably do more like a Lucius or Barlow sort of prospect. Not that, you know, those guys aren't phenomenal in their own right, but I just feel like for what the Jets need and what they're trying to go for, you know, you might be able to make a little bit more of a concession for a big time rental. Maybe even somebody who uh, could be extended past the season. One interesting name that somebody floated around on Twitter was Casey Middlestat. And Middlestat's kind of an interesting one because traditionally, you know, he had a bit of a reputation as a really high draft pick. He had a big world juniors. And then Middlestat sort of underwhelmed when he actually reached Buffalo. Over the past couple of years, though, he's put up pretty solid uh, second-line center, center numbers. This year, he has like 25 points, I think, something along those lines. He's been clicking along very nicely. He is relatively responsible defensively. Offensively, he creates opportunities in the slot, and he scores at a pretty good rate. Um, if you're looking to maybe upgrade on Nemesnikov and have Nemesnikov slide into your bottom six to make it almost unstoppable, I think that is a very good option. Nemesnikov has done really well in the role that he's been given, but you see moments where maybe a little bit uh, finer set of puck control and, and distribution would be um, a little bit helpful for the players that he's with. Obviously, he's playing with some really skilled guys, um, players like Perfetti and Ayafalo. So, you know, if you can find somebody who can maybe be a little a little bit cleaner in distribution and offer a little bit more playmaking versatility, suddenly you have a much, much scarier team. I think the Jets have the ability to pull off like a Stastny-like deal this year. Uh, I know that last time that happened, it was like a total shock, right? Stastny was not on our, on our radar at all. Um, I think the big uh, the big trade at that point was like Broussard and the Kings were it was um, Vegas was uh, was the one that really kind of stole Broussard out from under us. But then, you know, the Jets swoop in with Stastny and that ends up being one of the best trades in Jets history. Uh, the Stastny deal really turned this team from a contender to like a like a cup favorite. You know, that Jets team is probably one of the best teams to not win the Stanley Cup over the last decade and a half, maybe the best team. They were so good, and uh, it's it's nice to feel like this Jets team is starting to give off those vibes. It's not quite there yet, but I think with Chevy already actively scouting a lot of trade partners and you know a lot of the teams scouting the Jets themselves, I suspect that this year he recognizes the need for at least one to two more acquisitions. I think he is very cognizant of that. I think he's already got stuff in the works, it just remains to be seen what exactly he wants to bring in. But with the Jets in first in the central, things are looking up. The vibes are high. The team is feeling good. And I got to say, as a Jets fan, it is a pretty fun time right now. Drop your thoughts in the comments below about how you feel the team is doing. Would you be interested in Middlestot? 
what other rentals might you be considering? Let me know in the comments below or at my social medias at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. For tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. We will see you back here tomorrow with even more Jets coverage, so don't go anywhere. Have a great night, and as always, go Jets go!